What's bonkin' everybody and welcome to Take Your Time, a Persona 5 Strikers podcast where we play Strikers not in real time, but alongside the in-game calendar dates and take the time to talk about it, pick it apart. Uh, I am your host, Tom Marks, joined as always by Jonathan Dornbush. Jonathan! Tom, we really set along this journey to play games in real time, and then second season in, we're just like, ah, we're going to kind of skip around with it a little bit, but... This this is a half season. Okay, that's fair. This is the equivalent of an anime movie, where, like, we're going to have fun, there's going to be some silly things happening, but then no one will ever talk about it again in the regular (laughs) season. Sure, of course. We'll just pretend it didn't happen later. No, naturally, yeah. If they ever... It would be really funny if they do make a Persona 5-2 and just act like Strikers never happened and be like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) What are you talking about? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but we'll see. Uh, Of course... One of the things we want to say just as the start is thank you to everyone who left comments, responded, tweeted at us for uh, episode zero. There was a really lovely outpouring of support, and and it was very nice to hear from you all. Obviously, yeah. we love to hear from folk. Anybody who watched our Persona 5 Royal playthrough or listened to it uh, will know that we love reading reader comment or viewer comments and kind of involving y'all in the show that's one of the reasons we decided to start the show at all so it's great to hear from you and if you want to leave comments as we go along this please do so uh just to plug it at the top of the show i'm at tom r marks on twitter he's at jm dornbush and then we also have uh, youtube.com slash dornology you can leave comments on the youtube video version and uh, also email us at dornology at gmail.com so that's kind of all the places you can reach out if you're just joining us we love to hear from you yeah, uh, I, I do got to say, it is really funny that after years of, both of us have done podcasting for years, um, obviously, like, I'm, I, you know, to varying degrees, but I still say reader comments all the time. Yeah. I still do. Yeah. Even though there are people who listen and watch. But anyway, thank well, you to everyone out there. I don't know. The telephone icon on your phone is still, like, one of those, like, barbell type things. So everything is vestigial at some point, and that's fine. Kids don't uh, know what that symbol is. <laughs> so real quick what we're t- what we're doing here let's do a recap for those who didn't watch episode zero or listen to episode zero uh we're playing through persona 5 strikers we're going to be talking about it's it's nitty-gritty talk about the, our favorite story moments talk about mechanics really dig into this stuff uh we mentioned in the first episode that we're trying to play this one a little more loosey-goosey because our schedules are a little complicated. This game can't really be played in real time in the way that Persona 5 was. Or you can, but it's it's a much more condensed experience because it's about a 40 to 50 hour game in the course of a month rather than a 150 hour game over the course of 10. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit of a different vibe and we're trying to adapt to that and make it fit to our schedule so we can still do this. Um... That starts with this episode, which we told you in episode zero, we were going to be going through the entire first, as we now know it's called a jail, right? Basically the equivalent of a palace. Then we started and we dove into it and we were like, wow, this intro is really dense and long. Um, So what we've decided to do is actually break this into two episodes just for the start. Our intention going forward is still going to be basically try to have you know, talk about story stuff and then talk about the palace all in one sort of go. Uh, this time, we're going to give the intro the time it deserves. We're going to talk about kind of the setup of it, some of the new characters, what's going on here, and then 
next week we'll actually do the proper jail and kind of go to that point that we were talking about about before, which is, um, without spoilers, kind of as the adventure actually gets started, there's like a story beat right after the final boss, and and I think it'll become clear kind of what that is. Um, on that note, we had a lot of people asking, hey, do I stop at the boss or do I stop afterwards or what's going on? Because we're not going with exact dates in the way we did before, we'd encourage you to overplay rather than under, just so you don't get stuff spoiled, and also just kind of do whatever works for you. <laughs> this is, <laughs> like I said, this is a little bit loosey-goosier of a, of a of a run. Yeah, there's not as strict, like you were saying, of a, a day cut off. Like, I, I think even technically here where we're cutting off is in the middle of a day, technically. Yeah. Um, yeah. to where the palace start is for, for sort of where our or jail start is for the end of this episode. But uh, yeah, yeah, for that, for next week's episode, you know, if you played everything through for this episode one, apologies if you rushed through it for any sort of reason, but thank you, you know, for playing along. You'll just be ahead for next week's episode. But um, yeah, there's, as, as Thomas alluded to, this was sort of the part I got up to when I first played Strikers a long time ago and then stopped. There's a thing you get. And it's a big thing and you'll know that thing. And then it's, then you can kind of stop there. I think is the good way to put it. Yeah. That's, that's ambiguous enough. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into it. Yeah. The dates of this episode, because we do have them. Cause there is still a calendar, even if we're not playing quite in real time, uh, are July 23rd to about halfway through July 27th. Uh, and we'll get into why the, the halfway stop is there, but Let's kick things off uh, as we rejoin the Phantom Thieves Ooh. in an intro that mirrors Persona 5, right? Mm -hmm. But not quite as, um, what's, what's the way, uh, the right way to put it? Not quite as, like, hooky as Persona 5. Uh, it, it definitely has a little bit of the, like, you, you know who these people are, sort of-ish. Sure. To it. Yeah, like, it's, it's a cool thing is happening, but... It's, yeah, it's not as bombastic as the opening. You're talking about sort of like the in-metaverse opening. Bit, yeah, right? so yeah. so you start off with Joker, a cutscene of Joker on a rooftop getting attacked by, in the metaverse, right, getting attacked by a wild helicopter shadow thing, and then you fight a bunch of dudes, and this is kind of the intro to the combat really quick, and then it says, oh, and you go back in time a little bit and then suddenly you're, you know, you're picking up actually. So it does this tease of something in the future. But the difference is that this scene that we see is, like we've already now, even just in this intro that we're going to be talking about, been to the location of that scene, right? Yeah. Whereas the one in, in Persona 5, the base game, set up the story of this idea of like oh you get arrested someone sold you out you were in this crazy casino who are all these people talking to you and it like at like it it acted as a, a narrative device in a way that this one kind of didn't this one was just sort of an allusion to that right and and still a fun fun little kind of throw you into the fire intro yeah it's fun to i think immediately present the idea to you of like oh combat's gonna be different in this game this is not yeah. you know turn-based persona and, and all that sort of thing but yeah it's very much not like a this is gonna pay off in 70 hours and it's gonna frame <laughs> the rest of the story after no it's like this is just a kind of like fun little tease they wanted to do and i think it speaks to like i think you've said it, i think barrett has said it to me as well our friend of the show barrett courtney um that like like you were saying earlier, this is sort of the anime movie versus anime TV season. And it's yeah. like, 
it's it's kind of just more getting you hyped for what's coming rather than setting up like the story of what's coming. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and it's still fun, right? Yeah. It's it's I like that they reference it kind of cheekily, especially because this is kind of a trend that you'll see as we continue to talk about this game is that that is a lot of what this is, right? Uh, it is taking the mechanics and the themes and the ideas of Persona Five and saying, okay, but what if we like not oversimplified but like condensed that into a much smaller package and how would we do it. that <laughs> sorry and actionified it a little bit yeah and actionified yeah. it yeah um a real word it, oh now it is yeah because uh, the combat is very different obviously and you do get a taste of that here uh but you only get a moment of that the the actual combat tutorial kind of comes later and we'll talk about that in a minute and then yeah. you get obviously the uh lovely music animated intro scene which is great. I love it. I love the whole bit of them throwing the phone around. (laughs) It's a, and I'm thinking a little bit back to the first time I played it as well. So I'm definitely curious for like what people feel as they're playing it. If it is their first time as they're listening, but like, man, I so remember just this feeling and I felt it again this time too, of like, I'm back with them, especially after, after spending a full year with them, like we did um, to be back with the fan. And there's a scene in particular that comes up that it's, it really is like almost a meta moment of your, your back. But, um, it, it like having that intro, having this hype moment in the beginning, having it sort of feel like that flow, but be a different game was like, okay, yeah, I'm back with the Phantom Thieves. Like this is, it's home. It's a little bit different, but it's home to it. To yeah. Extent. And then it's a, it's a really good feeling. And you immediately get to talk to them after the, the cutscene. There's this little group text of them all sort of chiming in and being themselves again, right? Yeah. With uh, the the funniest bit in, within that is Yusuke being like, I haven't been able to text you because I didn't have any money and my service was cut off. I immediate, <laughs> I wrote immediately a Yusuke is poor joke. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah, they're just going straight. It's, and again, it's a little bit of the, like they need to hit the touchstones of what you think of when you think of the characters. And obviously that was a very recurring thread that Yusuke has no money in, in P5. But yeah, it's very like a, here's the characters you remember with like one quick bit of dialogue to kind of get you back into the flow. Yeah, uh, and then we go to a very different scene, which is uh, a meeting in, like, a police station of the police discussing incidents of people going crazy or changing personalities happening all over the nation and how they suspect that it's the Phantom Thieves at work and that the higher-ups want to... are hell-bent on closing this case and everyone's priority is to investigate the Phantom Thieves and the really interesting thing that I really dig that is super different from kind of similar conversations in the first game is that they put Joker's face up on the screen and are like, this is the known leader of the Phantom Thieves. Go investigate this guy. (laughs) Yeah. It, uh, it straight just gets to like, these kids are trouble. We, uh, we gotta look into him. I do think we get the inspector's name here as well. Yeah. Um, Hasegawa. Hasegawa. Yeah. And, uh, him they're kind of all talking about whether this is like those old cases whether it's something different um right. you know if it's that cut and dry seems to be really the friction in the scene but it sounds like there is higher up pressure in the police department to just get this done and the the most obvious suspect should just be the thing they go after yeah and he's the one who he's kind of like framed sort of as like the central point of this this thing right like your the camera's right next to him although you don't see his face it's all from behind him or whatever um and he's the one who when they're talking about the incident says 
it sounds like the Phantom Thieves. And everyone's like, you're crazy. And they're like, actually, no, he's not. He's not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's framed a little bit as an important character. Ooh, we'll find out more, right? Like, that sort of thing. Um, and we do actually see him again later in this episode. So yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, and that's the first day. We actually get the calendar as it jumps to July 24th. Oh, wait, uh, hold on. Before I went to bed, I went to the batting cages. All and, right. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Definitely not going to make that joke every week. <laughs> um, uh, but no, yeah, we so, skip ahead. Joker and Morgana on a train going to Young and Jaya. You're back together uh, and you're going to LeBlanc because in the text message conversation, you said, hey, it's summer vacation. Let's all meet up and hang out. And so you decide to meet up at the, at the hideout uh, and are going to do that. There's a intercom kind of message that is not really interesting at the time, but immediately comes up later talking about how the tech company Medis, I believe is how it's pronounced, says, uh, like, is finally profitable after releasing their new AI assistant, which is, you learn very quickly later, is Emma, which they, is going to come up, I think, this episode, or this day, so... Yeah. They're starting to seed even really early before you kind of know to look for it. They're seeding ideas of Emma and Medis being important. Which is, I think we always talked about Persona 5 doing really well. Obviously, this game, I think, has to do stuff like that on a faster track, which is yeah. kind of the case there. But yeah, it's a, a fun little thing. I had forgotten about the Emma of it all, so I immediately was writing down like, huh, this seems very pointed to have for several lines of dialogue. Let me just write all that down real quick. And then, <laughs> yeah, of course, it came up uh, a little bit later. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you get, I, I really like this moment before you go into LeBlanc too, you get a chance to just like walk around Young and Jaya and there's nothing to do, Yeah. but you can, you know, check in on the shop, check in on the antique dealer, go to the batting cages and be like, ah, I remember doing that. That was fun. Like it's yeah. very, it lets you enjoy the nostalgia of it. Yeah. You uh, can go to the shop and it's like, he's selling a bunch of weird stuff like usual. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a nice little just here. Here's the area you remember. It's not going to be as much of a focus but yeah yeah this is also the moment where um with all due respect to the developers it is Im amazingly impressive how close they got everything to look and feel like p5 without being you know like they had to rebuild this right it's not i don't believe it's the same engine because it it's yeah. a completely different fighting it's like a fighting game engine yeah um it is so funny if you've played a ton of Persona 5 or Royal, how different, just slightly different, like your move speed's just like a little bit different. Like the the color is just like a little bit different. Yeah, one like the camera angle, I think is a little bit more up and, and whatnot yeah, as you're running around. It's all just like a little bit off. It's like a yeah. bizarro world version of the game. And it's like, I think to a certain extent, it helps set up the idea that it will be a different game. And then it, I think like all that stuff kind of ties into the way that the the gameplay plays out and I think it makes sense there. But yeah, it's that funny. I think also to a certain degree, it's the fact that it, it's all sharper and you especially mm. notice a, a little later on, or at least I did, but like, because persona five was originally made to be on PS3 and PS4 and like, sure. You know, is a bit of an older looking game. And this was made a bit more, you know, several years later. So it, it looks cleaner, like sharper, yeah. but it still wants to be the world that you knew. And so, yeah, there's an interesting balance happening there. It's just, like, it's, it's like, the location and, like, movement version of the Uncanny Valley for me. I get what you're saying, yeah. Where I'm, like, 
I it I don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs> and it's fine because again, the fact that they got this close is remarkable and impressive and it's not a problem. It's just like one of those things that I noticed immediately where I was like, why am I moving at a slightly different speed? <laughs> yeah. Is this is a very dumb question I I'm hating myself for not remembering. What was the button to talk like to make to do things basically was it circle in the original game i don't think so i was like i don't think this is circle that was the thing that threw me the most was like i don't remember pressing circle this much and this is like insane because we played the game for 10 months straight and i should remember what the button prompt was i used the most but it's just like my head is there but i think it's like again a a change of things It's, it's just you know acclimating to a world that you know but that is slightly different it's not bad it's just slightly changed Anyway, let's get into the actual story of it, because you enter LeBlanc, and it's dark, and nobody's there. Oh, wait, it's a surprise party. Who could have known? And this is the moment I had for also that moment you were talking about of, like, everyone's together again. (laughs) I think one of the greatest strengths, if you're coming off of, obviously, one of the things we, I think we talked about in episode zero, and I, I will reiterate here, if you have not played Persona 5, I have no idea if this game would be entertaining in literally any way, shape, or form. Like, maybe at its purest, you will enjoy the action game. Right. But yeah, in terms of story setup, in terms of moments, like, this is so emotional for a Persona 5 player in a way that I can't imagine it is at all emotional for someone who's never played. At least I, I just assume. Yeah. And and you get, like, like the, one of the greatest strengths of this game to me is that you spent so long kind of learning, knowing, or getting to know these characters and learning about them yeah. and spending time with them. And I love that this is an environment where you can just start the game with your whole party hanging out, right? Yeah. Like, that's cool, because you immediately get this conversation where they start to make their summer vacation plans, and everyone gets a little moment to be themselves here and there or make a joke that they would make. And you get to learn about what they've been doing, right? Makoto and uh, Haru are in college now. Haru's taking business classes, but also doing like gardening classes on the side. And like, you know, Yusuke is still like painting and poor and Futaba is in high school and, and doing well in high. Like you get these moments to learn about what these people have been doing in a really interesting way. And, yeah. and I, I, it feels so good if you're a fan of this game already or yeah. of the, the last game. No, JRPGs are often, especially like party based ones, obviously so built on the building the party up and getting them as the story so yeah like getting the chance to just immediately jump in and that's literally true with the gameplay a little later on that we'll talk about probably next episode but um a thing that i really really loved about the scene that i just wanted to point out that again is that like for me it is the as a returning fan is why it works is like when you walk in and everyone's saying like welcome home to you it's in first person because like you, the player are literally being like welcomed back. Like this is for me, like, especially now having played the game twice, like the cafe feels like home a little bit. Like it is the the place I go back to. And so to literally have them be welcoming the player from that first person perspective is like, yeah, you're back. We're happy to have you back. This is going to be fun with the whole gang. Yeah. And Sojiro's there too. And he's a, super friendly he's like immediately nice right like you don't have to deal with the like jerk sojiro part of the beginning but if you never did man it doesn't hit as much because of the fact that he's so immediately kind is like he does still remember and love us yeah Yeah. Yeah. he missed you anyway that's that's i'm a big softy i love that sojiro misses you it's so great sojiro is the best 
Uh, and everyone is just like, yeah, welcome home, right? Like, yeah. they, it's just like, oh, it's it's so good. Yeah. I feel it's, bad for whoever Joker's parents are because they do not get any respect, but that's no, okay. I mean, at this point, you know. We yeah, don't, they we did don't send him this. off. They did, yeah. They they let him be framed. I mean, there's a whole... Yeah. You should go play Persona 5 if you don't know what we're talking about, but anyway. Um, so, the conversation that happens in Joker's room uh, is not... Doesn't have, like, a ton of substance to it, right? Like, it, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff going on. But one of the things that I think is indicative of this entire sort of intro, which takes two and a half hours to get to the point we're going to be talking about, or stop, be, like, stop at... Um, is that they, it's a lot of setup and it's a lot of sort of just like, it feels like recapping characters in case you didn't play the last game, right? So just giving you a little bit of each person and telling you a little bit about each person because there are, the, the other side of this sword is that there are a lot of characters and they all want, you want to give them all time and you want to know who they all are and like, so there's a lot to get through. Um, yeah, it's... the kind of main substance substance of what they talk about is that uh, it's summer vacation. They want to go on, you know, a trip, go camping is what they eventually decide uh, and go hang out and enjoy their summer. And so they decide to go camping. And in order to help enabling doing this, uh, you download an app called Emma, which is that Emma app that they the train conveniently mentioned earlier. Um, which is a virtual assistant AI that basically you can just like ask anything and it will just do it or help you do it in like colloquial, like very like casual language and you know any sort of problem question you could ask it will just help you solve in the best possible way. It so is... for example, they say, "Hey, we want to go camping. Can you help with this?" And and Emma says, "Yeah, here's a list of all the things you should buy and where you can buy them." Yeah, it is a supercharged version of the AI assistants that I will not say their name to accidentally set off anyone's in their homes, uh, as I've learned people sometimes have done on podcasts. But uh, yeah, it's for me it's really funny because it's so clear like i think it's a, a few years after like ai assistance really became a big thing but like very clearly yeah. the writers were like we there's something with these the the assistants that we all have on our phones and watches now like we could do something with that but yeah um, it's it's i mean it is definitely uh they're gonna ex explore this theme kind of more but i really do appreciate that they decided to take sort of a um a topical idea and and s sort of do some fun things with it because this this idea of this ai comes up again later as we'll see yeah uh so you get emma downloaded you you friend everybody on it you uh say boy great we're gonna go shop for this stuff that emma told us to buy tomorrow uh and then you go to bed basically. And you have a nice little moment with Morgana where Morgana's like, yay, we're back here in this room sleeping on these egg cartons. <laughs> and Morgana has some, uh, some very kind of oddly worded line about like, there's a lot of memories in this bed. And it's like, all right, Morgana. <laughs> okay. I mean, Hey, in the Royal version, that's doubly true since, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't played Royal, I guess, and you're listening, but <laughs> Morgana went through some stuff. Um, Indeed. But yeah, and then we go to bed and nothing happens. Oh, wait. There is actually one more moment that I wanted okay, to mention yes. from that day, which is when everyone's leaving, uh, 
Ryuji, I know I've banged the Ryuji drum a million times in the mm-hmm. last season. Ryuji is so adorable. Ryuji is like the one who started the text message conversation. He's so excited to see you. And then when you're leaving, he's like almost tearing up. He's like, I'm just so happy you're back. Like, yep. he's just so cute. Yeah, it's it's funny because I think you can still read it as the, and like I talked about this a lot in our Persona 5 season, but of, uh, you know, originally Ryuji's presented as this very like loud, crass guy. And there's that side to him for sure, but he does have this very sweet undertone to him. And I'm glad that that shines through, I think, so much, yeah. so quickly here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, you go to sleep. And you go to the velvet room. Oh no, something is wrong. Whoever could have seen this <laughs> coming. So you go to the velvet room, you wake up in the prison again. Uh, Igor, Igor, whatever, is not there. But Lavenza is, spoilers, if you haven't played Persona already. It's just like, this is the thing. If you haven't played Persona 5, I I don't know why you'd play this game. Well, it would so, just be so remarkably confusing. But I am sure that there were people out there, at least when this first came out, that tried it who hadn't played. Because that, like... It's worth yeah. saying, you know, at the start of it, obviously things are going to change in just a couple months from when we're recording. Um, but P5 was obviously only on PlayStation, but Strikers was on Switch, PlayStation, and Windows. So it's like... Yeah, it was on PC. It was a wider audience for people. Uh, yeah, yeah, in general. Thank Throw, you. And throwing those people to the wolves. <laughs> well, it's it was that weird thing of like, if you didn't have Persona, or if you didn't have a PlayStation, you couldn't have at least like legally played P5 and so I I wonder how many people went in with, like, reading a story recap because they're like, I've heard so much good stuff about P5 that I need to check this out. Like, I'm sure there are people, but, man, we cannot recommend enough, especially with 5 coming out. Just go start there. Yeah, because you also have these moments where it's, like, Lavenza, and she has to kind of explain who she is. But not too she, like, much. <laughs> yeah, which she wouldn't have to do to choke her in, in any way. Yeah. But she explains... Uh, because this room exists, because the Velvet Room exists, that means the world is in danger again, somehow, and Joker has once again become a prisoner of fate, and if the world is left to its own devices, it will be destroyed, and you have to do something about it. Uh, bye. Yeah, pretty much. I, it does do a little <laughs> bit of that, like, sequel dialogue of, like, this could be even worse than what you faced before. Like, this could be a greater <laughs> yeah. challenge for you. And you're like, I got this. We're good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it just helps set up that side of it. Because as we learn a little later, it, we'll, we'll be going back to the Velvet Room. But, uh, yep. yeah. And, in fact, we'll be going back to the Metaverse immediately. So... Whoa. July 24th ends, July 25th comes along, you and Ryuji go shopping in Shibuya for camping stuff, uh, which is nice, again, just like, it's it's fun that it gets, lets you just sort of like wander a little bit, I, or it might be, oh, it might be the investigation scene in the next one, where it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of wander around these areas here and there, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but you meet up with, uh, with uh, Ryuji, and immediately get distracted, basically, Um because there's this basically idol. She's like a fashion designer and singer named Alice Hiragi, who is doing a uh, store opening event nearby. And Ryuji is a super big fan. So they rush over to do that. And she's this very quirky, eccentric, like Alice in Wonderland dressed character. She's got uh, like a card in her hair. And yeah. She keeps telling everyone like, 
come to Wonderland or like whatever she says. She just keeps yeah. saying that sort of like really hitting home the. Yeah. Yeah. And people love her and she gives out these invite cards that have her Emma keyword on them, which is Wonderland uh, that will let you basically like add her as a friend, which is like also just a like I know it's just like mixing things and it's fine. But like it is so funny to me that this AI assistant app has like a friend list on it. Like, I just don't understand, but I guess everything like Venmo is a social media platform too, for some reason. So like, it's not unrealistic or anything. Yeah. You know, I only keep up with you on, uh, Venmo. So (laughs) that makes sense. Yeah. I only want to know what you're purchasing, but yeah, no, it's kind of like everything has done that to this point. So I, like, I guess it kind of makes sense, but I don't have, uh, Schmalerxa. Uh, friend list, I guess, to say. I'm really trying not to say the name to affect people. I know how annoying that is. Um, but You can say Siri, right? Because don't you have to say hey before that for it to matter? I guess, or, or Google as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I need a... If, f- if, they, if it literally went off, if one of those assistants went off anytime you said the word Google, that would be, like, a problem, oh, man. I feel like. Because yeah. Google has replaced search as the verb. It's the same thing with, like, Kleenex isn't what... Uh, you know that is but you call them yeah clean band-aid and it, there's yeah, exactly. a lot of those uh anyway persona god we're only on episode one the tangents have begun um <laughs> but no yeah it's kind of one of those things where it's like eh, it, it makes it easy for the plot convenience for me the the thing that was stranger was just like i don't know idol culture super well obviously i'm not going to pretend to but i would assume you can't have this close a relationship to them like i assume it's usually a pretty more like manicured held back sort of thing but, i don't know Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Either way, Joker gets a friend card. Hooray. <laughs> uh, and it specifically is like, she's saying that it'll like invite you to a wonderland, right? Yeah. Like, and the we- the wording is kind of intentionally weird there. Because as you find out, you're like, oh, okay, we'll enter her keyword into Emma. And immediately Emma says, beginning navigation, <laughs> and you end up in the freaking metaverse. Just... So quick. Just right away. Um, you know, I, I criticized the game for, for having a long intro, but it does just sort of throw you in there pretty quick, too. Yeah, this it's it's a longer intro until you get to the, like, main, you know, palace infiltration part, but I think it needs it to establish everything, to get the changes going, to all that sort of yeah. stuff. You know, P5, you can argue, has a bit of a long... For many people, sort of the first palace is almost the intro for Persona 5. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, the opening of Persona 5 is very long too it's just is like it feels like a different pace of game than this for sure and yeah. so it's like it's a little funny to me but i love that it just is like oh okay you're in the metaverse now and you and joker or joker and, and ryuji and morgana are all now suddenly in your your phantom thieves outfits and it's like oh okay <laughs> we're doing this we're and you see you see shadows uh you see people who are like the the other guys who just got the cards at the event getting their hearts or like their desires stolen out of them by shadows and there's a warped kind of shadow alice ruling over all of this area and it's very like grim shibuya there's like a giant crown thing on one of the buildings right it's very wonderland-y but also spooky shibuya and and people getting their their desires stolen directly from them. What I like about it is that like that, yeah, that like crown topped castle, like kind of area in the background is, um, a, a decent chunk of like a ways away from you. 
And I, I do like that at least for this, and, and I don't know where future jails go, but it sort of sets up things at a larger scale because, you know, from P5's beginning, it kind of gradually got to larger chunks of land essentially being tied up in the metaverse where it was like originally just the school or originally just the building. Yeah. Um, and here it's like, no, straight away, a lot of the, you know, area around it is overtaken and affected by the metaverse. Yeah, it's it's a different it's definitely different, right? Yeah. Like th- that's a theme of this sort of in- this whole intro is that this is very similar to what was happening before, but it is not the same, right? Yeah. It's something is happening that is different here. Um, and you immediately different. get your first major or first real fight, right? Cause there was that intro bit, but you, this is sort of like the combat tutorial, if nothing else, where you're out on the streets of Shibuya, tearing through people they teach you how to use abilities they teach you how to jump on lampposts and spin around them um i think we're gonna save most of our actual combat discussion for next episode but kind of just like real quickly i i mean what did you think about the combat i really enjoy i think the combat is is very satisfying to you know knock out people and you get all out attacks all the time and you jump to the things and spin around and like you're just like hopping between targets a lot of the time in a way that is very satisfying i think yeah it'll definitely be worth talking about a little bit as we get into the jail because i think my like my broad overall feeling and this is knowing a little bit more of like how detailed it gets i'm really impressed by how they adapted all of the turn-based ideas and elements of persona 5 into a more action combat focused game and sure. retained a lot of it, but didn't make it feel too cumbersome. Like, there's a lot at the end of yeah. the day that you can do. And it can be, like, you can forget sometimes to use things because there's so much going on as the pace of it. But yeah, I like, at least from the start, I like the variation of using your basic attacks, getting all-out attacks, being able to hop away from battle. Like, just being able to jump in battle and move around is really interesting for me as mm-hmm. a, like, persona-minded fan. You know, obviously this comes from a developer in a genre that it you know has its roots in muso and i think people typically think you're just fighting hordes of enemies and you're just mashing the button to attack and you can do that a little bit here but i think as we'll talk about later on like you do need to be varying up what you're doing you do need to understand the weaknesses of the personas like that stuff comes into play using abilities jumping yeah. around to to avoid attacks using all out attacks to hit swarms of enemies it becomes a lot more of a creative combat system. Um, And and to that end, I like that you can just immediately hold a button and pull up your kind of very familiar persona uh, ability menu, right? And it kind of, it doesn't freeze time, but it slows it basically to a crawl. Uh, And you can very sort of, you know, it's not literally turn-based or anything, but you, you have moments where you can slow things down and decide strategically what you're going to do with your abilities uh and you can turn based on where you want to hit turn based anyway yes oh i see yes i get it i got it now thank you it's a good joke it's funnier when i explain it but yes yeah yeah (laughs) anyway sorry i didn't mean to derail Well, we're going to talk about combat, and I want to talk about combat, but we're going to hold that off because you don't dive into combat a ton this week, Um, and there's going to be a lot more to talk about that uh, in the actual jail. For sure. Uh, So let's keep going. You fight. There's too many of them. You run away. You get caught. You have this encounter with uh, Shadow Alice, who the the shadows that captured you said, we couldn't steal these ones' desires. We don't know why. 
uh, and she said, hmm, okay, and is kind of, you get a, a look at who she is and kind of her sadistic shadowy side, um, and she's real mean. And there's as, as oh my mean God. as those race cars on your street. Yeah, what the heck was that? That's like one of the weirdest cars I've ever heard drive outside my house. Anyway, um, so she's real mean. She like knocks Joker in the head, steps on his face, and then she says at some point, she's like, I don't like toys that don't listen. So she throws you in the literal garbage, <laughs> uh, drops you in this dump, and you're like, we got to get our way out of here. And then we meet... The character I've been dying to talk about all episode. <laughs> the floating cube. The floating cube. Joker touches <laughs> this big box. It glows. You get this moment of, like, uh, computer readout where it's saying, like, checking all the systems, and it says there's no memory, and then, boop, there's a lady there. Um, My and- favorite anime trope. Boop, there's a lady there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a su- surprisingly common one. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um... So this cube turns into the character we then meet as Sophia. And Sophia introduces herself as she's Sophia, humanity's companion. Uh, and she has no memory, but she knows that her purpose is to help humans. And you're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> um, but she wants to help you leave. And so you say sure because you don't understand at all what's going on yeah there's a little bit of like should they be saying yes at this point but you do yeah there's a little bit of suspicion right yeah yeah there's definitely a can we really trust this girl we met in a floating box who doesn't claim to know anything right now but um is is this the moment and forgive me because i i did like kind of run through some notes here this is where she does show that she's worth hanging out with right because she helps us in battle or is that later? Yeah, so yeah. so what happens is you're like, Sophia, hang back, and you do one little fight, and then the next time you see an enemy, she's like, oh, is that person blocking our way to get out? And you say yes, and she's like, okay, and then just, like, basically becomes, like, a Persona user with these, like, boxes and these yo-yo weapons and, like, totally destroys somebody, and you're like, why didn't you do that before? And she was like, oh, I was just copying you. Yep. Um, so she's not seemingly not actually a persona user she's just mimicking what you did in the change of outfit and the um the different like the 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 boxes that look like a persona she's wielding and if you go into her stats if you go into her abilities in the menu all of her abilities are like koha question mark like it's all like (laughs) it's not literally she's using magic she's just doing things seemingly she's just doing things that look like what you're doing basically yeah it i think it really well ties in especially the whole depiction of her throughout uh this opening of what is clearly a more like tech focused uh aesthetic to this game yeah like obviously there was there you know the app from the metaverse was there futaba was a hacker all that sort of stuff but this is very much like built into this idea of an ai you know, around the world that everyone's connected to Sophia's tech stuff that we then learn sort of like the reality of her at yeah. least so far as we go along. But yeah. 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 It, I think that's I very right. Like even her, when she gets into battle, right, she gets this cute little like face mask thing that has these like digital eyes on it yeah. that are, are very techy in that sense too. Um, yeah. I, I love Sophia. Like, <laughs> let me be really clear when I say, when I was t- 
I'm not gonna. So we're not gonna go into full spoilers for Royal. But for anybody who watched the first season, the Royal season of, of Take Your Time, I said towards the end of it that I liked the new characters in Strikers more than the new characters in Royal. And I think that maybe it'll take some time for you to for for Sophia to grow on folk. But like, she is so adorable and she is so full of personality and charm so quickly and. I, I just love her as a character. And she does some moments later in this episode too where she like will be like, we have to go through that portal. It'll go all wow, 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 wow. And then we'll be back. And it's like, what? you Like, what? Who are you? Like, she's just so weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely holding, you know, any thoughts uh, of like direct comparison that way in terms of like which cast I guess I like more until I've seen them in the full game. But I do like this introduction to Sophia and we'll talk about it a little bit, I think, through the rest of this episode. But she, I think they do a good job of playing a little bit to the trope of like, here is a essentially virtual character who doesn't quite understand humanity, but knows they are connected to humanity. And so yeah. there's like gaps in logic or like a lack of a, an emotional logic there. There's logic, but it's not as tied to emotion. And, and there's, yeah. I think they play with that interestingly here. I'm curious to see how that develops throughout the rest of the game though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you to see this character develop. Yeah. Um, and there's something I want to talk about in, in just a moment, but you have this moment where you meet Sophia, you decide she's going to help you, so okay, and you get the first sort of dungeon-crawling section of the game, although obviously it is the first, so it's very linear. Uh, you can only, you're still only controlling Joker, and you can kind of hop around, get some chests, you know, get some item, uh, items, fight dudes in these sort of, you, you get a sense of how it's going to structure the fights where you're actually walking and you see enemies and then you fight them and you continue. Um... And you make your way out of the sewer, capped off by, off by this sort of pseudo-boss, right? Where it's, like, a much harder version of a, of a shadow that has these shields that you have to knock down to stagger to do more damage. And there's a little bit of a combo-y thing there. Um, so it basically introduces all of that. One thing I do like about this section is that it mirrors, again, mirrors Persona 5 in that the first time you're learning all of this stuff and going through the metaverse stuff, you're only with Ryuji and Morgana, yeah. right? Like, as we find out when you once the, the, the jail begins in earnest, you get your whole team right away. There's no system of, like, unlock this character, then unlock this character. You have like eight or nine playable characters right away right yeah. um so i like this sort of restricted section to ease you into it where you're only playing as joker you're only with that core team that was there at the very beginning of the first game too uh i like that no yeah it's i i think this game does a good job of echoing the first game in ways like that where it yeah it's not trying to do the same thing obviously but it, it wants I think it, it very clearly wants you to know that it cares about what came before, that this isn't just trying to be too disparate or anything like that. Because um, it is a different development team. Like, you could... There might have been some worries before it came out of, like, will they capture the Persona spirit? And I think they're trying to do a lot to show you, like, we are. We're trying to do it. And I think they do, for the for the most part, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sophia finds you an escape, finds you a portal, is reluctant to go through the portal, but then goes through the portal with you because you're like, we're not going to leave anybody behind. Uh, and when you get out, a couple things happen. A, Emma says, you've returned from the jail, 
right? So that's where we get this terminology that we've been using this episode of, it's called a jail. Um, and additionally, Sophia is nowhere. And then, oh my, Sophia is on your phone because actually <laughs> she's an AI and has been an AI the whole time. And you're like, why didn't you tell us you were an AI? And she's like, you never asked, yep. which is a fair answer, to be honest. Yeah. It, again, it's one of those cute moments where like, logically this didn't come up in conversation so why would i have just offered it freely sort of thing from her so i want to point out something here that i love about sophia and Mm -hmm. it might be one of those earworm things where if i if you haven't noticed it yet and i say it you might never be able to unhear it and i'm sorry about that but it's fine okay sophia's voice acting is incredible uh one of the reasons it's incredible is she's got so much personality in it in the way she delivers things but also once you learn that she's an ai you start hearing the way she talks and if you've ever used a voice assistant like that she mimics the kind of speech patterns of a voice assistant in really amazingly subtle and clever ways where like one of the simplest things is like siri has a very distinct way of saying okay right Mm -hmm. and every time sophia says okay she says it like like siri would say it she says (laughs) okay i'll help you with a way out right like she says this kind of like this cadence to it that's not completely robotic it's still got personality to it but like she she says those things in a way and her dialogue is written in a way that makes her feel like a voice assistant yeah like but also a person and she just the the voice acting rides that line extraordinarily well at least in i'm playing in english obviously so if you're playing in japanese i don't know how that translates but yeah it's i i love this character i love that they put that subtlety in there and uh the fact that she's an ai at, at a certain point you go like oh yeah that makes sense with the way she was talking like yeah um no yeah it totally hits those and i'm looking up because i just want to be able to give credit but yeah it hits those uh the cadences where it's like you know the ai has to think through the key phrases or parts of what it's saying to connect to what you asked it and it, yeah. But it still has to have a little bit of uh, of personality, like you were saying to it. And so I'm I'm There's... looking on behindthevoiceactors.com. So if this is incorrect, but Megan Taylor Harvey uh, Taylor Harvey is is the voice actress in in English, and yeah, like does a great job with the the cadence, with the inflection, um, and and it there... feels like it's the performance. It doesn't feel like there's stuff being put over her voice to communicate that. Yeah, it, there's even like a like a clippy joke at one point oh, where yeah. where she's like, it looks like you're trying to do this. Would you like help with it? Like, it's like they, they really play into it in a fun way. Yeah. Um, So you get out, you meet her as an AI. She's just living on your phone. She's like, it's cozy here. Hooray. Yep. Um, And you say, we got to go tell the gang that, hey, the metaverse exists and there's a palace or a jail or whatever uh, with a shadow ruler in Shibuya. Um, so you meet back up with the gang, you explain the whole situation, everyone's like, wow, that's, uh, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you introduce Sophia to the group, uh, she is adorable, humming to herself, being adorable. I'm sorry, I love Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) We're just gonna need to put, like, a a couple minutes aside for you each week, just to, like, gush about Sophia, I think. Yeah, no, uh, so... And basically, you 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 talk about this with the gang, and they kind of are just like, "Well, we should probably look into this." 
right? Is like the conclusion of that conversation. This is where we get like Morgana noting that things feel a little bit different about this time. Um, right. Especially when it comes to like the humans being attacked, but like we don't know what's going on with them. Um, uh, Emma working like the MetaNav, but things seem different. Yeah, that's kind of the gist of this conversation plus the Futaba being interested in Sophia. Yeah, and you also get a, a moment where everyone introduces themselves to Sophia, which kind of serves as like, here's who these characters are for new players, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and Futaba gets crazy excited, and then after everybody else leaves and says, well, let's go investigate in Shikibuya tomorrow, uh, Futaba sticks around and looks at Sophia's source code and says it's wildly advanced and would take her months to read through it all and understand it because it's just super complex and amazing and impressive. Uh, so she takes it to go, like, check out on her own computer, but otherwise Sophia is just sort of chilling with you. Good thing um, she'll have months of this game to check through that code, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then finally, the the last scene in this day is that um, Morgana... Sophia wants to, like, figure out how to be a good companion to humanity, and Morgana says that you, she needs to learn, understand the human heart, right? Figure, so we're bringing the heart themes back into it a little mm-hmm. bit more, too. Of Like, she needs to understand he, the human heart and, like, what people believe and, like, how they feel emotionally and all that stuff to better be a better companion. Uh, and that's that. Yeah. It's pretty much so, the end of it. <laughs> we move on to July 26th. We've only got a day and a half left. Um, this scene is like a little, or this day is a little funny because they meet up back up at Shibuya to scout the jail and decide to kind of ask around and learn about Alice. On also mentions that she like has an opportunity to go to this taping that Alice is doing the next day. So you'll also be able to interact with Alice to some extent, if not directly. Um, so you'll be able to investigate her the next day, but you're going to investigate around her in Shibuya that day. Um, and this is not to, to spoil anything. The first of kind of this new sort of gameplay thing within, within strikers, which is these investigation scenes where you actually have a percentage bar at the top of the screen. And it gives you an opportunity to walk around Shibuya and talk to people, get clues. And every time you do, it fills up this percentage bar a little bit and you got to get it to a hundred percent to, to finish the, the investigation. And the numbers are wild. Let me tell you. Yeah. I was playing through and it was like, talk to two people at like 12%. Talk to one other person. 57% all of a sudden jump. And then it was like another person, 67% or whatever. And then it jumps another 30. Like it, it really uh, judges the information you're getting in a funny way, I guess, to a certain extent. But um, yeah, yeah, it's... I, I do want to say before you jump into this section, uh, you do also, uh, everyone meets up at the bridge uh, that we used to all hang out at. Yeah, the old was, hideout. Yeah, which was, was a cute little touch again of them just... Big air quotes around hideout. Yes, yeah, our super secret hideout in public. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cute little thing. We're all going to kind of go in uh, and investigate. Um, I think we were talking about on that bridge as well of like, questioning whether there were like we thought we saw real people but did we actually see real people uh we talked a little bit more about desires being taken and all that they determined that probably those were shadow people right because if they were real people there would be news reports about dozens of people going missing right and that's probably not true or didn't happen or hasn't happened um yeah and you learn about alice basically like 
a lot of messed up stuff, right? Like, you learn that she, like, people are way too obsessed with her. Like, there's a guy in the back alley by EY's shop, like, taking money from a loan shark in order to buy Alice's new album. The Her new clothing line thing sold out in, like, ten minutes or something like that. Yeah. There's people, like, leaving their girlfriends just to be with her or try, wanting to be with her. So it's it's too much obsession. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like clearly crossed the line. And I think th- those two guys were like the the dudes we saw in the metaverse, or like one, one of them, them was, was yeah. one of them. Forgive me, yeah. Um, and so we're we're learning a little bit there, but yeah, you you kind of get a sense, and it's it's nice again to like we said before, walk around Central Street, and you can kind of like check into the stores that you would go to previously, or like check into locations. It also sets up here the like you'll talk to your teammates outside of stuff like they are all around yeah. the map and it's worth talking to everyone because some of them will give you items like i yeah i just wanted to catch up with everyone but i'm glad you know by the train station i talked to i think yusuke and he gives me an item and i went to central street and someone else gave me an item and it's like oh this yeah. is it's good to check in with everyone and you also get fun easter eggs like uh the movie makoto is wants to go see Yes. Because she, she goes to the movie theater and wants to go see Dragon Like a Yakuza. <laughs> I didn't say it because I was wondering if that was going to be perhaps a pop quiz later on. No, no, no. That right. one, that one's, that one's easy. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, so, oh yeah, they actually go to the jail here. I forgot about In the about very that beginning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the very beginning of this, they do go to the jail to kind of like, just to see it but then they leave almost immediately right and that's where they discuss the desire stuff um so they get the intel and they basically decide yeah alice is weird and we should probably continue to investigate her because something strange is happening um and then it goes to the next day which is uh july 27th which will be our last day for today but it is kind of a packed one before we get to the act well it's actually a really packed one for reasons we'll get into later yeah um, so the first thing that happens is you're leaving LeBlanc and you see the inspector Hasegawa from that intro cop scene, just chilling, eating curry. Having a great LeBlanc. time. Yeah. And yeah. he seems to at least be a, like, he's been there multiple times. It seems like he, I think he calls Sojiro a boss or whatever, which is like, obviously kind of what everyone calls him. Maybe that's just a colloquial thing, but it seemed like he was comfortable enough to, yeah be there but yeah and he liked the curry a lot and he didn't do anything weird yeah he just was there eating curry yeah oh immediately and again i've as i've said i played a little bit of this game but not too much and so i don't remember much of what i played and and in the back of my head i'm like does he does he know already is he just coincidentally like people know who joker is so yeah they know where joker was they they like raided the house you would assume you would assume yeah but interesting he knows um, on and Morgana and Joker go to that talk show set. Yeah. Hey, it's back. and watch a, a thing of taping of a talk show with Alice, which she talks about her, how she wants to be a light for the world. And then, uh, talks about her fashion industry or her fashion design stuff and how she got into it. And then the host of the, one of the hosts who is engaged to the other host. I loved that. They revealed that after. Yeah, suddenly has some sort of mental break where he gets on his hands and knees and tells Alice that he needs to be with her forever and is madly in love with her. Yeah, it's and and then the yeah, a little bit later the other announcer's like, What about me? 
<laughs> which is just so great it's so like what is happening it's super here? over the top in yeah. a great way it's it's so like soap operatic uh but yeah everyone starts freaking out pandemonium ensues uh yeah. alice acts a little bit like oh what is this this is strange huh what are you yeah. doing kind of thing but uh yeah and then uh on and joker go and regroup in the pancakes hallway yeah. <laughs> I kept, I, I was listening so hard to every word being like, what's going to be said here that's going to matter 60 hours from now? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this conversation is a little bit more explicit yes. than the pancakes conversation. Yeah, and there's a but, payoff more quickly, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, On and Joker basically, and we're going to have this conversation about, um, like, how probably desires getting stolen is the same as when they stole desires right to a certain extent in that it causes a change of heart and that basically if a ruler of a jail steals someone's desires then they like have control over them seemingly or like that's what they're theorizing um and that she must have done that to this host right um and then they go and hide because they hear Alice coming and Alice's assistant person is like, uh, could you please stop destroying people's lives maybe? And she like hits him in the face and kicks him to the ground and is like, no. Yeah. It's, and it's just like a really mean person doing it, kind of exactly what her shadow was doing. It, yeah. Without any doubt, it's kind of like, whether you think, you know, this darker side of her, it, it also adds that little bit of difference where like, we know people were acting badly but I, I feel like we just see such a direct version of this. Like the way she behaves here is how you would expect and how she does act in the jail immediately. Like the, yeah. the mask is off instantly with her. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very different sort of vibe to what we usually get. Like, I mean, the people who were, the people who were bad in, in persona five, the palace rulers were bad immediately in the real world too, but also like, there was some sort of difference right there was subterfuge to them that almost we didn't even get to see sure sure like we would hear about things obviously with uh uh you know madarame and kamoshida like very early on we knew how awful they were but the worst versions of it we mostly saw in the palace but here it feels like we also see it in the real world kind of instantly yeah yeah it's it's very the the similarities the like direct similarities are stark right like it's very clear um, and also the other thing that is a big difference right away is that on runs in to confront her and say, Hey, stop doing this. And she says, Oh, Hey, I recognize you. You're a model here. Have my friend keyword. Let's be friends. And on is like, screw you. I would never be friends with someone as mean as you. And she looks at Joker and is like, Oh wait, how about you? I think I already gave you one. And so like clearly to some extent, Alice knows that people adding her on Emma is making them subservient to her, right? She is, we don't know the extent of it yet, but like there is culpability here in terms of what the metaverse is doing to people that there never was with the palace rulers in Persona 5 where they had no idea any of that was happening or existed or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what helps lend to that immediacy. Because I, I definitely don't want to imply that we didn't think all the awful people who ruled palaces were bad No, they people. were horrible right away. They I were mean, all like, horrible, yeah. It was just sort of like... Kamoshida is like pretty unequivocally like pure evil just immediately. Evil. <laughs> I, th- I think it was just more that we like saw them 
act on that behavior in a knowing like we, we see alice act in a knowing way like you're saying that it affects like well, she's abusing the power because the power gives her something that she knows she gets the 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 other thing is that the the villains the palace rulers in persona 5 their palace versions are um almost caricatures of their bad behavior right where like kamoshida literally has like a dungeon where he has volleyball kids getting shot with volleyball cannons in the face repeatedly right which is like yes he's like terrorizing those kids in real life but like that is like a cartoon villain level of what he is doing in the palace right whereas like the thing that alice is doing in the palace is very similar like is they do a direct comparison for knocking a guy over and stepping on his face right like that is they show exactly one-to-one what she did in the palace in real life yeah. And I think that's the distinction I I was trying to make. No, least. totally. Me too. Me too as well. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's a very, again, plays into that very clear, like immediate danger of what's happening and that knowing danger here uh, of the two yeah. worlds intersecting. And also like to your point of on, I like that she does rush in here. Cause we are dealing with the group, you know, post having saved the world post having yeah. gone through this eight or whatever times, like they're, a bit more used to standing up for things. Whereas, yeah. you know, earlier on when they weren't sure of their powers, you know, they, they had to kind of like play it a, a little quieter and more reserved, but here they, they can just rush in. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so the gang regroups and says, yeah, boy, she sounds awful. Let's change her heart. Yeah. Um, so they decide to change her heart. Morgana has gotten some scent of something that they describe as a treasure-like scent in the jail. So they might have this treasure to steal to change the hearts. They kind of re-explain the mechanics of that if you're new. Um, And Sophia, and they're like, well, why don't we just take out the, the, like, why don't we just take the, like, kill her? Why don't we just kill her? And Sophia's like, yeah, let's just do a murder. We can Mm -hmm. just do a murder. That's fine. What's wrong with doing a murder? That'll make the world better. Death is an acceptable outcome. Yeah. (laughs) Is what she says, I think. Yeah. And so they have to have this moment with Sophia where they're like teaching her the code of the Phantom Thieves, but also trying to like explain that doing a murder is a bad. Um, And she determines that since she doesn't have a heart, right? She doesn't understand that part of humanity, but she wants to. Yeah. And so you make a deal where she joins the Phantom Thieves to learn about the human heart more and humanity and she'll be a better companion and help you out and that's the thing and then that unlocks bond skills well more importantly right? it unlocks her phantom thief name oh yes excuse me <laughs> uh which they give her phantom thief name is sophie whoa who could she be <laughs> not sophia and nope. ryuji even calls it out right ryuji's yeah. even like that's like the same name y'all <laughs> yeah and they're kind of like well it's a little bit like morgana and mona sort of and I'm like, right it's one letter my dudes yeah it's but, not even sophia they spell sophie with an e at the end it's literally the same number oh, of letters yeah, you're right it's yeah. it's fewer in i don't know if the names are exactly the same i assume they are in japanese it's fewer characters in japanese okay um so that's probably part of it yeah right but um 
Yeah, it's just it's very funny. funny. Yeah. It's very funny that her nickname is Sophie when her name is Sophia. It's very good. But also, like, she's an AI that doesn't exist in the real world, so it's not like she needs a code name for any reason. Exactly. It kind of does work because it's like, who's going to reveal her identity at this point, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, as you were saying, we, we form a strong bond, which becomes a mechanic. Yeah, so we got the bond skills, um, which is this new system. Essentially, we won't go into it super detailed here because we just, just unlocked the system. But, like, uh, instead of, like, companions, right, where you have confidants that level up and get these new skills and all that stuff, you have this bond system where it's, like, as you do things, you get bond points that you can spell on, spend on basically this, like, big board of skills uh, that you can will get you new things like either upgrade stats or upgrade the amount of money you get from fights or you know unlock new things like harrison recovery like all of that stuff is in this bond skill system rather than being in uh confidant levels and social link stuff um so basically they've taken all of the individual social links and just put them into one system together again like we were talking about at the beginning of the show taking a big system of persona 5 and condensing it into something that is more digestible for what this game is yeah um then you say all right let's go buy weapons and drugs because we gotta go fight this lady today because (laughs) this is the new phantom themes we don't wait around we do not wait around we got summer vacation vacation to go on um and conveniently Takemi's clinic is closed because she's out for the summer and EY's store is closed because he's out for the summer, but the velvet room is open. And so you go to the velvet room and that's, this really quickly introduces you to also the somewhat simplified, uh, persona system, which is a little bit more straightforward. Honest to God, we'll get into this more as we get into it, but like, I really like this system. I think it does a very good job simplifying Uh, how persona management happens but the newest thing here is that there's these persona points that you get as you get multiple of a persona mask or anything like that Um, and you can use those to like level up your persona uh, and and there's still fusion and buying and that sort of things here too um so you go back and the kind of last story beat before you get going is you say all our stores are closed and we can't deliver online because it would take too long. And Sophia is just like, nah, we're good. What do you want? And Ryuji's just like a gold bar as a, as a random aside. And then suddenly within moments, a Ding gold dong. bar arrives at their door. And I love how much these kids just become dweebs immediately. Yep. They're just all immediately like, oh my god, oh my god, what do we do? We're going to jail, we're going to jail, yeah. this is illegal. Oh, do we tell the cops? Do we not tell the cops? What do we do? Where'd this gold come from? Is this illegal? What's happening? Like, they just immediately lose it. It's so good, because it's like, you would think they bought just, like, all the drugs in the world, but it's just, like, a gold know, right? bar that they got, and it turns out to actually be that. But yeah, they all panic around the box, they're like, you open it, no, you open it, I don't want to look in there, Ryuji, it's your fault, you should go do it, and they're all, like, freaking out about it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really great moment of showing that, like, at the end of the day, this amazing band of world-saving teens are teens still. Yeah. And they, yeah, they're still kids. And it, I, I think, plays that balance here really well. And, uh, as we learn, it's, it's, it's not from the greatest source. Like, it is not an ideal. It is, I, I think Sophia basically is like, yeah, it's the dark web and I use crypto to buy it that's untraceable and, uh, you owe me money now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that she's still, she's like, I'll send you a bill. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll invoice you all for this that you made me do. But yeah, they, uh, I love that they return it. 
Yeah. And the the dude instantly, like, that guy must have, I really like to imagine the delivery dude got to the Young and Jaya, like, uh, train station, and then immediately got a, hey, you gotta turn around, man. I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. All right, and goes, picks up the, the, the gold bar. But, uh, yeah. I mean, seemingly that gold bar was, like, next door. You would assume. So... I bet it's um it's probably like that old man that used to like sit around in Yang and Jaya. He's <laughs> probably running this this gambit. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so the the long and short of this is, Sophia decides she's going to curate a list of items that you can buy with expedited delivery, and then you just pay her for that. So the shop again, condensing everything, all of the shops are now one shop. They are Sophia's shop, and that's where you buy accessories it's where you buy healing items it's where you buy uh, protectors and weapons and suddenly as is what happens when you have a party of nine people or eight people or whatever right away is you now could just buy every like all of that for everybody except you don't have the money to do so yeah money's Um, a little harder to come by right now yeah uh i put my bond skills into my bond skill points into more bond skills, more bond skills, and more money from fights. <laughs> I think I did the two more bond skills, absolutely. Not no, like, obviously, you know the system deeper than I do, but I was like, I probably am going to want the bond skills as quickly as possible, so I, I yeah. put into that twice. And then I think I did, I don't, I'll have to look it back up. I forgot what the third thing was, but I did something that I think was maybe battle-related. It might have been mm. money. It could have been XP. It, it was something, I think, battle-related. That's- that's always what I do in RPGs like this is like the earlier you can get the resource that gets you more of the resource you're spending on it. It feels like the better because you'll just get more of it over the course of the game. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's that I bought like, I think like Ryuji a weapon or something because I love him. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, then you, that's it. You just are like, let's go like this is this is one of the biggest differences between persona 5 and this is because persona 5 was so um restricted to the calendar and so beholden to the calendar and like every time you went into the palace it like spent a time unit of that day or whatever it it really mattered when it was like palace start whereas this was like there's been a whole day of like plot and now you're just like all right palace is open go ahead and this is this marks a huge shift in this game where the palace doesn't have like you can come and go in the palace as much as you want. Mm-hmm. It's a very different pace from Persona 5 and this is not saying it's better or worse. Persona 5 had this sort of like uh this marathon sort of pacing to its palaces where you had to pace yourself and you had to really make sure you could make it to the next safe room or if you needed to leave early that would be fine and you had to watch your items and your health and all this stuff as you went along um strikers is just like we'll get into this more as we play through it but like you can come and go into the palace as many times or into the jail as many times as you want and so if you just wanted to grind like crazy get a ton of money come back out go to the shop buy all the items and then go back in you can just do that so it's really different and it's fine that it's really different because it's a very different style of gameplay right so it's it doesn't need to be the same it's just very different well it's like as you were saying like persona 5 was built around time progressing this game is built around progressing the game like you're progressing time rather than time just being the progress that you have to keep up with so yeah here it's very much a the palace is the next thing you have to do it's the only thing you can do so that is the kind of yeah the focus of that's what you're doing yeah and that's what we'll do next week 
Hooray! So that's it for uh, this first episode of uh, Take Your Time, Season 2. Uh, I'm glad we took the time to really dive into the character, some of the new systems, some of the story setup. I think it's a, it's a good intro. It is just a little slow from the perspective of, like, someone who knows most of this stuff already. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of talking, right? But, like, also, two and a half hours to get to, like, hey, you're in the palace, go ahead, is not, like, a crazy amount of time or anything. No, especially it's not slow. Especially knowing, I guess, like it's slight spoilers, but I don't really think it is. But essentially, that like <clears throat> the palace is the next thing you're doing. You're not jumping back out to go, you know, get supplies for your summer camp stuff planned right. or whatever. You know, like this is this is the next thing we're gonna do. So the the jail is the next discussion point um, that we'll be jumping into. I do think it it's like we said, and I'm glad we did split it up, seeing you know how long it's taken us to get through it all. Um, there is a lot to talk about in that setup. And I think a lot that even as returning players to the world of persona, a lot to get through to like establish the expectations for what this game is going to be. Yeah. And I think it does a good job. I think it does a good job of setting up what's different. What's the same, what's going on in the Phantom thieves heads. I think it's very funny that, you know, they investigated this person for like one and a half days. And then we're like, well, Time to change the heart. Let's go. Yep. And they even admit to a certain extent that they don't really know because they don't know what the deal with the treasure is. It's just kind of like their main lead right now is like, let's look into this place more. Yeah. Uh, which we will next time. So uh, for those of you who don't know, who might just be joining us, we do a little thing at the end of episodes where we have pop quizzes. I almost didn't want to do a pop quiz this this season because uh, it's summer vacation and there are none. <laughs> But I decided to keep it going because people like it and it's fun. So I have a question. Uh, Jonathan, you said you're going to figure out something potentially for Persona Pseudonym because it's kind of a different sort of deal this time. So, yeah, we were talking before the show and and I haven't come up with anything quite yet. But essentially, uh, for those who didn't listen, again, go back. Go ahead. Go go listen to that first season. (laughs) We, uh, you know, each week I would make Tom guess and, and the audience at home what uh, a persona would essentially be called a different name before you captured it, before you like understood its true nature. Uh, and so usually I would give the pseudonym, Tom would have to guess, got more right than I honestly expected because I, I couldn't get probably any. So you did well. But, um, Thanks. you know, it's one of those things where at least starting right now, we obviously haven't encountered too many personas, but ones we did are returning. And I'm sure I've yeah. mentioned some of them already as pseudonyms. And so it felt like, Doing the same thing over again would probably not be, even if there are new personas coming up, like, I don't know. Uh, it wouldn't, I feel like, be beneficial to just retread the names. So I haven't quite come up with a replacement. Obviously, if anyone has suggestions out there, maybe people have played Strikers without spoilers, of course. But if there's something that like to allude to or anything comes to mind, like please let me know in the comments. But I'm going to kind of be thinking as we get into the next palace, something to also put us all to the test. Well, I have something. Uh, My pop quizzes, instead of focusing on personas, focus on little details, conversations, things in the hidden in the background. This one is less not hidden in the background, but uh, I wanted to start off a little bit more straightforward, see if people could remember a detail that was uh, one of my favorite moments from this this intro section. Uh, So, my question for this week, which you, the viewers and listeners, can uh, respond to, when they first go into the jail as a group, it's the first time that everyone is meeting Sophia and realizing that in the metaverse she has a body. 
and and everyone is over the moon with how adorable she is, as am I. On asks if she can do something to her outfit. What does On ask to do to Sophia's outfit? And for bonus points, because I think some people will probably get that okay. Why does she say no? <laughs> what? So that's the question. What does On ask to do to Sophia's outfit? And what's Sophia's reasoning for saying no? I am str- Maybe it's just because I haven't had much coffee today, but I am struggling with an answer. Let us know Ooh. in the comments at Dernology or YouTube.com slash Dernology. You can send us an email at Dernology at gmail.com. I'm at Tom R. Marks on Twitter. He's at JM Dornbush on Twitter. Uh, and uh, thank you again. If you are enjoying the show, obviously this is the start of the new season. Please leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you like to do that on if you're enjoying it. Uh, it really does help us out. And obviously there's still a ton of people listening to the first season and playing through that. And that's great. We want to encourage that. And we'd love to get people in through this one as well uh because half the reason we do this is because we just think it's fun and enjoy it and like doing it with the community so <laughs> yeah i'd love been, to have you involved it's been so awesome to continue to see that like warm wonderful i think positive community that's that's been uh that's risen up around the show so like thank you to everyone out there that support really just helps us get the the show in front of more supportive people because there's more people now probably than ever playing persona especially in just a couple months from when we're recording this there will be even more so uh yeah thank you thank you for continuing to show that support next week we'll be talking about the first jail uh so you don't want to miss it and uh thanks very much and we'll see you then